This is episode 164, giving you 18 proven ways to become a faster runner. Welcome to the Strength Running Podcast. I'm Jason Fitzgerald, your host today. I'm the coach and author behind Strength Running. I've been running for more than 22 years myself, and my goal with Strength Running is to help you avoid the mistakes that I made in my own career and give you the tools, the strategies, and the resources to accomplish all of your big goals, whether that's running your first race ever to maybe running your first 100-mile ultra marathon, from preventing your next injury to becoming a stronger, more athletic runner. I'll be bringing you the thought leaders in the running industry, the coaches, performance experts, elite athletes, sports psychologists, physical therapists, and strength coaches who can give you new insights into how to train so you can keep improving. I want you to better understand running, to view knowledge as a competitive advantage, and to always have the tools to take your running to the next level. Because the more you understand the sport, the better decisions you'll make about your training. Don't miss our other 163 episodes of the podcast, our video channel at youtube.com slash strengthrunning, or where it all began, strengthrunning.com, where you can find all of our training programs that help you prevent injuries, run faster, develop mental skills, or become a stronger, more powerful athlete. This episode is also supported by our partner, SteadyMD. If you haven't heard of them, they offer runners a primary care doctor who's also a runner so you can get better medical care. And they do it all online. You'll get any labs or specialist referrals easily. You'll never wait in any line or pay copays. And you'll have your doctor available via phone, text, or video chat anytime. Visit SteadyMD.com strengthrunning to see the details and what they've put together for you. It's a great service for hard-charging runners, and I'm proud to partner with them. Go to SteadyMD.com strengthrunning for more. Now, let's get started with today's show. We're talking about how you can run faster today, and I have 18 different suggestions for you, ranging from training ideas to race strategies. Let's start with the training. Our number one piece of advice, run higher mileage. You know, since I started strength running back in 2010, I have written more than 2,000 custom training plans. And part of that process is reviewing the runner's questionnaire, a big list of questions that I ask every athlete so that I can better understand their history with the sport, their current training, their goals and aspirations. And what I've noticed after viewing the training of so many runners over the years is that most of us are running between 20 and maybe 35 miles a week. But if you want to get better, running more mileage, especially mileage levels upwards of 40, 50, or maybe even more if you can, is one of the best ways to get better. It will improve your aerobic conditioning, your endurance, and will allow you to hold on to faster speeds for longer. And that's how you race faster. Tip number two, train for a new type of race. A lot of runners get hung up on one type of race, and I see a lot of road runners out there, and I love road races myself, but there's so many other types of races as well. You could run a trail race, get involved with an obstacle course race. You could do more ultra marathons. There's so many other types of events that you could potentially 
register for and participate in, even duathlons or triathlons. And these different events all require slightly different types of training. And that's really what's going to help you become a better runner. It's doing different types of training, working on your weaknesses, trying new things, and gradually getting better over time. These new events will give you a wider range of physical skills, and that is always going to help you become better. Now, tip number three is very similar. It's train for a new distance. Now, I coach a lot of marathoners, folks who want to achieve some big goal in the marathon, whether that's marathon majors, running a sub three or a sub four marathon, qualifying for Boston. So I always want my marathoners to be getting better at the marathon, but that doesn't mean we are going to run two or three marathons every single year. So if you are the type of runner who just has fallen in love with a certain race distance, there's nothing wrong with that, of course, and you're training for that distance almost all the time, I'll encourage you to branch out, try something new. Because after all, if you think about it, if you're always training for one type of distance, then you're always doing the same type of training. You're doing a lot of speed work for the 5K or a lot of aerobic developments for the marathon. But when we can focus on different types of distances from season to season and year to year, we're exposed to new types of training, different workouts, and that is going to keep our physical fitness progressing forward. Tip number four, let's run fast regularly. Now I say this because I truly believe speed is a skill. Speed is a skill that can be built over time. It is not something that everyone is just naturally born with and you're stuck with whatever you have. No, absolutely not. We can run fast regularly and get more comfortable at much faster speeds. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean we're gonna be running hard very regularly. No, let's separate hard running from fast running. And a great way to do this is to regularly run strides or hill sprints. Strides are about 100 meter accelerations where you'll build to about 95% of your maximum speed, hold that for only about one or two seconds, and then you coast to a stop. Hill sprints are a little different. Here's, you're only gonna run about eight to 10 seconds, but it's at a maximum effort and you do it up a very steep hill. Once you get used to these workouts, they honestly don't take a lot out of you. And you do strides or hill sprints right after an easy run. And by running these types of drills and exercises regularly, by doing them two or three times a week, you will become much more competent at high speeds. They're gonna make your workouts feel a lot easier and more manageable. And you're gonna see improvements to your running form because they certainly reinforce proper running technique. So if you're not running fast at least once or twice a week, let's start doing that. Strides or hill sprints are a great way to go. Tip number five, hire a coach. Now I say this as a coach, so I want to put my bias front and center first, but you know, I'm someone who started running with a coach. I started running on a cross country team, then ran track, and it can be so incredibly valuable to have a second set of eyes on your training, someone who you can talk to about your goals, about how you approach achieving your goals, and that coach can give you a lot of great advice. Everything from telling you what you should keep doing 
and also telling you the things that you should stop and the things that you maybe can add to your training so that you can get faster, you can keep improving and progressing and ultimately race faster. I think we hire outside experts so regularly in other areas of our lives, whether that's a nutritionist or maybe even hiring help around the house. I know I don't, <laughs> I'm not qualified to do much of anything around my house, so I hire out that help. And if you're not someone who really understands the training process, it can be a very beneficial experience for you to hire a coach, maybe just for a couple months, maybe for a certain goal that you have, but you'll come out of that experience, not only likely a better runner, but also much more knowledgeable about the sport. And as I always like to say, knowledge is a competitive advantage. Tip number six, more cross training. Now look, guys, I know that we don't like cross training for the most part. Uh, <laughs> with all the runners that have been my teammates over the years, most of us just wanna run and I don't blame you. Running is, is a lot of fun. And that's why you're here. You're listening to a running podcast. So why would I be talking about cross training like cycling or pool running or the elliptical? Well, if you have a certain mileage number that always results in you getting injured. I know there's a lot of runners who they just can't seem to run past a certain mileage amount, then cross training can be a way for you to bridge the difference. Cross training is sort of like adding extra easy mileage to your training. So if you can't run 50 or 60 miles a week, but you can run 40 and then add on three or four hours of additional easy to moderate cross training, that is gonna increase your overall endurance development, your aerobic fitness, and it is going to have some great carryover into your running. Just keep the effort to an overall easy to moderate effort and try to do any cross training after you're running. So you can certainly do a double where you might run in the morning, then do some easy aerobic cross training in the afternoon. But since we're runners, we always wanna prioritize the running first. Then we can do the cross training in the afternoon. And I know that with a lot of the athletes that I've coached and with my training as well, my personal training, we've seen big jumps in performance when we have strategically added cross training to the training plan. It's a great way to boost recovery, to boost your overall fitness level. And for folks who can't train as much as they'd like, cross training can be the bridge that makes up that difference. Tip number seven is to start strength training if you're not already doing it. If you're someone who only runs, then I think adding strength training is one of the no-brainer types of activities that you could add to your training that will definitely make you faster and better and more resilient to injuries. And that's because of all the great things that strength training does for runners. It reinforces proper form. It toughens your connective tissues and your muscles. It helps you prevent injuries by making you a more resilient runner. And it can actually give you more speed because it's gonna help you kick harder at the end of the race because you're able to recruit more muscle fibers and produce more fiber when you're running really hard at the end of a race. And in fact, I don't even consider strength training cross training. I consider it just part of the training that runners have to do if they want to achieve their potential. So if you're not regularly doing some strength training, now is a good time to start. And I think we can all get started with some body weight exercises and finish every run with about 10, 15, or 20 minutes of body weight strength exercises. 
And this is going to be a really nice way to cool down from your run, to start building some strength into your training program. And once that becomes comfortable, or once you have the motivation to do some more traditional weightlifting, getting in the gym twice a week is the next step to do some more classic weightlifting, you know, more traditional compound multi-joint lifts like the deadlift, the squat, and the press. Those are three great examples. And I think strength training is so important for runners, uh, not just because it's going to make you faster, but probably the most beneficial aspect of strength training is its injury prevention benefit. You know, most of us are, are going to get hurt this year. I think the average injury rate is about 60 to 70% among runners, which is kind of insane. A lot of us are getting hurt every single year. And so if we can get stronger and help ourselves run more economically, that is certainly going to help us run more consistently. And consistency is the secret sauce to successful running. Tip number eight, let's get consistent with our long runs. Now, if you've ever downloaded a free training plan online, and I have no problems with these, but sometimes they leave a little bit to be desired. And in particular, a lot of the training plans that I see that some of my clients forward to me to check out have cutback long runs almost every other weekend. And a cutback long run is when the distance of the long run decreases. Now, the long run for most runners is arguably the most important run that they're going to do every week. It is the run that is most specific to the half marathon and the marathon distance. It is the run that builds the most endurance and I think mental resilience. And so I want to encourage runners to consistently run a long run every single weekend. And if they can, let's get that long run up into the double digits. And the great thing about being consistently able to run a double digit long run is that it gives you options. It allows you to train for a marathon if you'd like to, or it allows you to be in great shape to start 5K training or other training for a shorter, more middle distance event. And that flexibility really opens up more training opportunities for runners because you don't have to train for the training anymore because you've already done some great training. And I've discovered over the years that for most adult runners, the number one limiting factor is their endurance or their aerobic fitness. We can counteract that by doing a consistent long run week after week. Tip number nine, let's train appropriately. Now, this one sounds obvious, but you would be surprised how many runners don't have logical progressions of mileage, of workouts, of long runs. And maybe you're doing workouts that are just not really appropriate for the race that they're training for, at what point in the season they are, because obviously the workout you do a week before your goal race is going to look very different than the workout you do 15 weeks before your goal race. And so we have to think about logical progressions, what workouts are appropriate for not just the race that you're training for, but also you as a unique runner. And really this comes down to having a good training plan, one that is effective, one that is proven, and one that is going to work for you. And I think the good part of having a great training plan and training appropriately and not doing crazy workouts or adding way too much mileage or long run distance is that you will stay healthy for much longer. 
And that's going to allow you to do more training, to be more consistent with your running. And there's no better way to become a better runner than consistently putting in the work week after week. Tip number 10 is let's improve your lifestyle. And what I mean by lifestyle is all the things that go on around your running that definitely impact your running, but aren't actual training. Things like your sleep, nutrition, and also the overall stress levels in your life. So obviously running is a stressful thing to do. And if you can get more sleep, and not just more sleep, but better sleep, if you have good sleep hygiene, then you're just going to recover faster. You're going to better adapt to all the work that you've been doing, and that's going to definitely make you faster. Now, of course, with nutrition, let's focus on real whole foods. Let's focus on reducing a lot of the processed foods and excess sugar in our diet and eat more plant-based foods. And when it comes to stress, we have to recognize that stress is stress. If you're trying to run a personal best in the marathon and you're training really hard, but you're also juggling two important work projects and you're having family troubles, you have a lot going on in your life and something has to give. Your body is in a state of stress and it's going to be harder to give 100% to your running. So just be aware of what's going on in your life because sometimes you may need to cut back on your running and some time periods in your life might be better suited to going after those big goals that require that stressful training. Tip number 11, let's run more short races. Now, I love short races. I'm kind of a track guy at heart, even though I love the marathon and the half marathon as well. But the great thing about short races, anything like the mile, the two mile, the 5k, even the 10k, they're so short that you recover from them much more quickly than say a half marathon or a marathon. That means you can run them more frequently. Now this is a great thing because it gives you more opportunity to improve. There's nothing like the marathon season where, you know, maybe for 20 weeks, you've put all your eggs in one basket. You have trained for all this time for one race. And if that race doesn't go well, and marathons, <laughs> marathons have a tendency to be unpredictable, then you have to almost wait another 20 weeks to run another marathon and have a second chance at running a good race. We don't have to do that with the 5K, for example. You could run another 5K just the next weekend, and that is not going to take too much out of your body. You're going to be fully recovered and able to run at 100% maximum effort. So if you're not regularly running short races when you are training for the 5K, the 10K, and even the half marathon, you can include a lot as tune-up races, then I think this is going to be a really interesting opportunity for you to practice racing because racing is a skill. And when you can do it more frequently, you become better at that skill. You can try new race strategies and experiment, and then you'll learn more about yourself. And it's just a phenomenal way of learning more about the sport, discovering more about yourself so that when you are in a race situation, you're better able to stay mentally tough. You're better able to know what kind of a pacing approach will work best for you. And I think that's going to make you a more intelligent runner about you and what works for you. And that is always a good thing with your running. 
Tip number 12 is let's learn more about running. You've heard me say that knowledge is a competitive advantage. So first and foremost, thanks for listening to this podcast. You are doing exactly that right now, learning more about the sport. You can also read more books. You could hire a coach. You could take a course. You could even go get your own coaching certification. All of these things are going to give you more information about the training process, more knowledge about biology, mechanics, exercise physiology, sports psychology, and all the elements of training that are going to make your progress and your improvement easier to come by. So if you are not someone who's reading running books or listening to podcasts or taking courses, if you become that person, you will also become a better runner over time. Tip 13, this is surround yourself with support. Now I mentioned before that I started running with a coach because I started running on a team and it was outstanding to have that kind of support from a coach, but day to day, workout to workout, run to run, most of the support I got came from other runners. It was the guys on the team, my friends, who kept me honest, who allowed me to stay motivated about my training, who pushed me in workouts, and also just other runners that I could talk to about the sport of running. Sometimes we have an embarrassing story that we can't tell our friends or family that don't run because they might not understand, but other runners will laugh and probably say, oh, that's happened to me too. And so the camaraderie that we get from surrounding ourselves with other like-minded athletes who are chasing similar goals is a powerful performance-enhancing phenomenon. If you want to do big things, whether that's with your running or own, almost anything else, you got to surround yourself with like-minded people who will push you forward, who will lift you up if you fall, and who will help you solve a lot of the problems that we experience as runners, whether that's scheduling issues, training problems, talking about different workouts, injuries, of course. If you surround yourself with other runners, then you are going to be more immersed in the sport. And I can think of no better thing to keep your motivation up and to keep your drive to train than being surrounded by other runners. So far, everything that we've talked about is about your training. Lots of ideas, strategies, different types of workouts to help you better prepare for a race or really just improve your fitness level, even if you don't run races. But now let's talk about actual racing. Let's say you want to run fast at a race. The training's already done. How can you better optimize your performance at a race? Well, let's start with the day before. A great thing to do the day before a race, and this is tip number 14, is to run an easy run and then do some strides and take an ice bath. Now, the reason we do this is because the strides and the ice bath will increase muscle tension. Now, we want to feel springy. We want our legs to act like pogo sticks. We want to bounce along from leg to leg. It's going to conserve more energy. It's going to better use that stretch shortening reflex and will have a more efficient economical gait pattern. And I think this strategy is probably a little bit more tuned to the intermediate to more advanced runners. But nevertheless, what we're doing is priming ourselves for a hard effort the following day. And if you've ever used a strength running training plan, you'll see that I build this into the plan as well, because most workouts and races have exactly this the day before, a short run and some strides. 
And the ice bath is great because it's gonna do very similar things as those strides. Increase muscle tension and get you primed for a hard, good effort the next day. Tip number 15, let's talk about right before your race. Let's have some caffeine. This is your ultimate legal, safe, performance-enhancing drug. Whether you drink coffee, take a caffeine pill, or ingest caffeine in some other form, caffeine is undoubtedly, the science is very clear, a proven performance enhancer. Not only does it mitigate your perception of pain and race-related fatigue, so you actually don't feel like you're in as much discomfort, but it also allows you to contract your muscles more forcefully. They've done these interesting studies where they'll take a caffeinated person and an uncaffeinated person and put electrodes on their legs. And even judging with the not having a placebo, you know, their muscles contract more forcefully when they've had caffeine. And this has some strong implications for when you're kicking and racing hard at the end of a race and you're trying to finish strong. We want those hard muscle contractions. And a safe stimulant like caffeine can really give us a little bit of an edge on race day to help you get more out of the race and run a little bit faster. All right, tip number 16 is draft behind bigger runners. This is important if you're running in a pack. And especially for someone like me, who's five foot seven and about 133 pounds, I'm kind of a small person. And so it's fairly easy for me to tuck back in behind one or two or three other runners that are running a similar pace as me in a race. And the benefits of doing this are several. First and foremost, it takes a little bit of the mental energy away from you. You don't have to worry as much about where you're going, what pace you're running, that you're leading the pack rather than just tucked into a pack. And it also can break the wind or shade you from some of the sun. So there's certainly some weather and environmental factors in there as well. But running in a pack is really helpful. And I learned this as a cross-country runner in high school. A lot of our races you know, we would run together or I would be with a couple of teammates and, and a couple of the guys on the other team and would all be running together as a pack. And it's much easier psychologically to race together as opposed to racing alone. And I think anyone who's done a virtual race or a time trial this year has found that out. Having competitors is really clutch in a high performance situation. So if you can find other runners who are running a similar pace as you, then tuck in behind them, let them block the wind, let them block any of the other elements out there, and you can take some of that mental burden of racing off of your shoulders and put it on someone else's. And then, of course, you can leave them in your dust when there's a mile to go and you kick hard and finish strong. Tip number 17, wear racing shoes. Now, a lot of runners will just run in their normal trainers, but I think there's a substantial advantage to having a pair of racing shoes. Now, these could be spikes for cross-country or the track, or they could be racing flats or, you know, one of those carbon fiber shoes that, that you can buy these days. No matter what kind of shoe it is, it should be made for racing rather than training. And the benefit here is that, number one, this shoe is probably going to be lighter than your other training shoes. And so you are gonna be carrying around less weight and theoretically, that's gonna help you race faster. 
But then there's also a strong mental component to this. When you slip on those racing shoes, it's sort of like putting on that suit when you go for that job interview. You know you are dressed for business, you have a job to do, and putting on that uniform really helps you get your mind right before a hard effort. So look around for some racing flats or or slightly lighter, more neutral shoes, potentially a more minimalist shoe, and experiment with them during workouts. You certainly don't want to wear a new pair of shoes for any race, but there's so much value in putting on that uniform, having that mental switch over to race mode that I would encourage any runner to wear racing shoes. They don't have to be super advanced. They don't have to be aggressive, but just a lighter pair of shoes that's reserved for racing is going to be very helpful for you. Tip number 18. Here we go, guys. We're getting there. When you're running a race, let's run the tangents. Now, if you've never studied how USA Track and Field certified courses are measured, which I'm sure you haven't, (laughs) who does that? Then you've probably noticed that they are measured by the tangents. Now, what they mean by that is if you are taking a right turn, then that turn is measured as a 90 degree angle. It is not this big wide arc around that turn. And so any runner who's taking the long way around a turn is running extra distance. And you'll see this a lot with any runner who, you know, maybe you finish a half marathon and your watch will tell you that you ran 13.4 miles. Now, the race wasn't long as long as it was a certified course. It's just that your GPS watch might be off a little bit and you probably didn't run all the tangents as good as you possibly could have. So the next time you're in a race situation, look around, try to find the shortest point from where you are to where you want to go further down in the course. That's not cutting distance. That's you actually running the appropriate distance. And by running the appropriate distance, you're obviously going to be racing faster. You're not going to run any extra distance and your finish time will certainly reflect that. And there we have it. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. And if so, an honest review on Apple Music is incredibly appreciated. As always, you can find show notes, links to books, resources, training programs, videos, and more that we discussed on the show at strengthrunning.com. And please, I hope you check out our sponsor for today's show, SteadyMD. I couldn't do this podcast without the support of our sponsors, and SteadyMD is a very interesting company. It's led by Sub3 Marathoner, Dr. Josh Emder, and their goal is to give you a personal doctor online that's just for runners to help you stay fit, healthy, injury-free, and competitive. And the best part, there's no copays, no waiting rooms, or surprise bills. Instead, you're going to get same-day responses from a doctor who's there for you 24-7. So you can get prescriptions filled or see a specialist a lot more easily since your doctor knows your needs. And if you haven't seen a doctor or maybe even a physical therapist who has no experience with runners then you know just how valuable this is to hard-charging athletes. Having a doctor who gets you and your running goals and what training does to the human body is priceless. Go to steadymd.com strengthrunning to see if there are any spots left and how you can benefit from having a primary care physician who's also a runner. That's steadymd.com strengthrunning to see all the details they've put together for you.
Thanks so much for listening to the show today. And as always, if you have any feedback or questions for me, don't hesitate to reach out. My email is support at strengthrunning.com and I'm here to help. Talk to you soon.